Well, this time it really was the pitching, specifically Tyler Anderson as a starting pitcher. He fell apart in the fourth inning last night. What happened? We're going to talk about it. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started thank you for being here for this episode of lockdown angels where it's your team every day you've got the frisch brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey we're grateful to be talking angels baseball here with you every monday through friday here on lockdown angels whether you're on the youtube side or the audio side thank you for being here with us hey lockdown every day or just a heads up we're gonna do a fan mail friday on Friday, so we want you to get your questions in, and then we'll recap the entire Houston Astros series on Monday. That begins on a Thursday, so there is a chance to cover that game on Friday. However, we're going to save the entire Astros season series for Monday's episode, so we'll do Fan Mail Friday on Friday. On today's show, do we miss Rendon, and more importantly, do Trout and Otani miss Rendon? We'll tell you what we mean coming up, and we're going to have a discussion about Moniac or Taylor Ward. You got to choose. You got to pick one. Who's it going to be? We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Mike, we have to talk about the loss to the White Sox as the Angels fall 7-3 to in Chicago. What happened? John, we've been fans of this team for a really long time, like you've mentioned, and there have been some really fun games and high highs. And then there's games like last night where we're really frustrated with how they performed. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Anderson, somebody that you advocated for this offseason. I'm going to throw that in there. Uh, hey, the Angels signed him. I don't, I don't him. regret that at all. Three years, $39 million, but he has not been the Tyler Anderson that we had hoped for. And last night, the fourth inning was the difference in the game. He just fell apart. Here's, here's the play-by-play of that fourth inning. Double, broken bat single, <laughs> walk, sacrifice bunt, double, throwing air on the stolen base, a 15-pitch ground out, And then a strikeout. (laughs) I mean, it was just the longest inning, and you could tell that he was laboring through it. And unfortunately, it was one of those innings that we've seen from Tyler Anderson where he just keeps missing the zone. And then with the White Sox, they're not a team that takes walks. They're a team that swings the bat. And so they they were attacking some of those pitches that were missing the zone, but he was missing up. He was missing out, and that's where a lot of these pitches were, and they were making contact, and it was that fourth inning when everything fell apart because going into that fourth inning, it was 3-1. to The Mm -hmm. Angels looked really good, but it wasn't even just Tyler Anderson on the mound. There was that left field shortstop Taylor Ward, Zach Neto play (laughs) that was just pathetic, right? Yeah, Taylor Ward running out. I don't know if this one – can I get to this one? Meanwhile, Neto's going (laughs) – Running down out, out, like having no business being out left field, but he's trying to make the play. It's like, talk about a difference in hustle, man. Like, what yeah. are we doing out yeah. there? Look, I know that we rag on Taylor Ward, but Mike, I was hoping that maybe this is a game where he comes around. He did have a home run, a yep. leadoff home run. In fact, it was his second leadoff home run of his career. Do you know who the first was against? Was it Giolito? It was Giolito in oh, Chicago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was last year. So uh, it was against Giolito, his second career leadoff home run. And there was a funny tidbit on the uh, the broadcast. Wayne Randazzo said that 
Lucas Giolito's grandpa is the guy who played Susan's dad in Seinfeld. So uh, no Kramer way. brought his cabin down. So I love that cabin. <laughs> One Cherish more the cabin. Cherish the cabin. <laughs> you and John Cheever? Dad. Uh, Ozzie Guillen, who actually is in the uh, White Sox booth now, asked Gubaza if he could meet Zach Neto. And he was like, man, I love that kid. He's got oh, such that's a cool. great arm. Da, da, da. And he complimented Zach Neto up and down. And so that was really awesome to hear. But yeah, Mike, it was it was really difficult for Tyler Anderson to get through those four innings. And his pitch count was pretty high even after the first inning. I mean, it was took about 20 pitches, I believe, to get through that first. Yeah. Uh, and we talk about how he kind of gave the game away in that inning. The White Sox hit left-handed pitching very well. This whole team attacks. And when you throw a soft-tossing guy out there, this is just one of those matchups that doesn't work in the Angels' favor. And they only recorded five hits through this game. Of course, you had Ward's home run. You had Otani's home run. Gio Rochella had a nice sacrifice fly. Drury and Trout made some great defensive plays. You saw Drury get to Tim Anderson in three different at-bats where it was like he just could not get a pass Drury. And Trout saving Aaron Loop's butt from another run scoring by diving and making that play. And Aaron Loop had a strikeout to Moncada. He doubled to Andrew Vaughn. Trout made that diving catch off of Ben Attendee's hit and then a ground out to short. So say what you will about Aaron Loop, but that was a, a decent outing. I'm, I'm kind of tired of talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> it was really This is a perfect spot for him happen. to be in, Johnny. Like, yeah, this is I a guess perfect so. spot for him to be it's in. True. I mean, seven to three, and you're kind of like, hey, I need some innings and you don't want to waste a, a, an arm. I get him coming in, and he hasn't. He hasn't been bad, and so yeah. I think if you keep him on the roster, this is when you want him to come in, and hopefully it's few and far between, but this he, is when you want him to come in. He's so predictable, though, Mike. I watch him he pitch, is. and into yeah. a righty, it's it's a, uh, it's a sinker on the outside corner that righties hit the other way, and it's in on the hands to the righty, and that's it. And, and the same goes for uh, left-handed hitters. It's inside-outside. It's nothing yeah. below the zone, above the zone, and, and sometimes it runs in – really far in and they know to lay off of it because they're about to get hit. So uh, yeah, it's, it, he's just so predictable out there. Now I will say Anderson had five consecutive starts of three runs or less before yeah. this game. And so I, I have to imagine to me, it's just a, it's a clunker. It's not a good matchup. It's not a good uh, a situation for Tyler Anderson to go up against this white Sox team. It's just how the chips fell and how the rotation plays out. But Mike, I saw a lot of people questioning you know, $13 million a year for the next three years for Tyler Anderson. Are we going to live to regret this move? Or is this just a clunker of a start for Tyler Anderson? I think it's a clunker. And I think $13 million for a starter who's going to eat up innings for you. In this is, economy? <laughs> right. It's it's minimum wage in Major League Baseball, right? Like <laughs> Because that that's actually a cheap deal for a pitcher who really performed well last year. And I think that you, you're right. The, the metrics, the matchups, are just not in his favor. I can give you a hard time because you advocated for it, but really he hasn't had too bad of a season. It's bad compared to last year, but he's been in every game and mm-hmm. hasn't really blown up. And like you said, his last five starts were pretty fantastic. I think this is one of those games, John, where I'm going to sound like Sosha. You got to turn the page. Yeah. And if they get a win today, what it does is it brings them to 15 wins in May. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the goal. 15 wins. If you win 15, then you can get to 90 wins and there'll be three games over 500. They were two games over 500 at the end of April. It would be nice to be able to gain some more games. It would be Mm -hmm. nice to be further along, but I think 
as you and I've pointed out, I think June is really going to be the test yes. for how this team is going to play out in this season because we are playing for against Houston and we do have the Cubs coming in and we're playing the Mariners. And so there, there are some teams that we need to be competitive against and mm-hmm. the Angels are going to have to take some of those games and perhaps they can play up. Uh, we've seen them play up to some of those teams. We've always yeah. looked at some of these bad teams as the teams that we can dominate and get some wins and maybe start a winning streak, which is the right attitude. But I think that this is an opportunity now for the Halos to play up a bit. And with the way that Griffin Canning has been pitching and prior to last night, the way that Tyler Anderson's been pitching, there's, there is some hope that this team is actually starting to move forward. I know that the narrative is, you know, they're the, the best 500 team out there. <laughs> However, being at where we're at, possibly winning today and getting three games over 500, I think is a great spot for these Halos to be in and a great spot for them to actually take some ground and really flex in June. I think this yeah. is an opportunity for them to be a whole lot better. I know that there's nothing that they have done that can – show us that that's who they're going to be. But I think that there's an opportunity for them to really put it all together and the offense to really put it all together. So I'm hopeful. I'm not, I'm not really upset. This is kind of what happens in series like this. And Mm -hmm. again, we win today and it's actually a winning series and it's a positive outcome. I I like this. (laughs) It's going to sound funny. I like this loss because it was strictly on Tyler Anderson. Essentially. Now I know Chase still Seth gave up, a home run, but he actually was able to get out of a bases loaded jam. Sam Bachman came in and he looked really good as well. So that was exciting to see. But Mike, other than maybe the Wallach to Urshela throwing air where that play at third ended up scoring a run, it wasn't a bozo game. It wasn't a dumb game. It wasn't a stupid game where you and I are like, I can't believe that this happened or this guy did that. Yeah, exactly. It was a game that was strictly on Tyler Anderson giving up those runs, and nothing can really be done about that if you're on defense. I mean, it was Tyler Anderson surrendering those hits. Mike, you're right. I think that this is just one of those games that's just baseball, and you have to be able to turn the page. You can't live or die on game to game to game to game. You can't live or die on just one bad game. And that's why you can't live or die on how Shohei Otani is slumping right now or Mike Trout isn't getting the clutch hit. Yes, we'd love to see them deliver in those situations, but this is not forever. Their slumps are not forever. They're way too talented to let this be the rest of their season. And it's not going to go down that way. We've seen enough baseball. We've seen enough of these guys' careers to know that they're going to be just fine. So hopefully we can turn the page on this one, get the win today, get to 15 wins in May. We would love that. Didn't mean to rhyme there, but that's how the cookie crumbles. There you go. <laughs> hey, the angels are back at it early today. It's 11, 10 Pacific time. So if maybe if you're done watching this, you can go right to the game after that, but it's going to be Jaime Berea versus Lance Lynn. And here's why I'm confident, Mike Lance Lynn loves to throw fastballs. And we all saw what happened yeah. when Michael Kopech through the Angels fastball. So hopefully we can see more of that in today's game. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. Coming up on Locked On Angels, do you miss Anthony Rendon yet? We think that Trout and Otani do. We have some stats that might back that up. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. (laughs) 
Locked on Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on all of the NBA Finals action than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Because right now, new customers like you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can't beat that. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. With FanDuel, everything is safe, secure. When you make a bet and you win, you get paid instantly so don't miss your chance at a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars with fanduel america's number one sports book you can get started at fanduel.com slash locked on today thanks for making lockdown angels your first listen today don't forget that we have fan mail friday coming up for all you locked on everydayers so let us know if you're an everydayer in your message when you send it to us on Instagram or on Twitter at Locked On Angels or at Super Halo Bros. You can even give us a call on our voicemail line. We'd love to hear from you there as well. That number's in the episode description. Hey, don't forget that the Angels are taking on the White Sox today at 11:10 Pacific time. It's a morning game, late, late morning, early afternoon, brunch, brunch. time, right? <laughs> Catch every pitch of the Angels Hometown Broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search. Angels. Anthony Rendon's been out for a bit. There really hasn't been an update. There hasn't been any sort of communication with the media. I and mean, even Anthony Rendon hasn't answered any questions about yeah. his health. And so yeah. there's this concern that maybe there's something deeper going on. Although last night he did get out on the field with his glove, was moving around. And Phil Nevin said he's going to be doing some running exercises and running the bases and all that good stuff. So all signs point to he's going to come back soon. And I, and I know, Johnny, you and I have been uh, talked about as having man crushes on Anthony Rendon, and some people don't like him because he's making a ton of money. I don't think he's worth the money we're paying him. Sure. However, I think his impact in this lineup is not fully understood. Yeah. I think that Trout and Otani are actually much better when Rendon's in this lineup. And because you're awesome... You're going to buckle up with the nerds and you're going to give <laughs> us some really important stats that actually prove that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani miss Anthony Rendon. Yeah, I think that there's some good observations to take away here. I don't think there's anything like too definitive, but I was curious about what do Mike Trout and Shohei Otani look like when Rendon is in the lineup versus when he's not in the lineup. So I went through the schedule. I found out which days Rendon did play and didn't play, and I pulled the stats for Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. So, Mike, why don't I take you through Mike Trout's stats? You can share Shohei Otani's stats, and we'll tell you which ones are with Rendon in the lineup and which ones are without. Now, we actually did this at the perfect time because both Otani and Trout have similar number of plate appearances with Rendon and without Rendon. In fact, Mike Trout has 25 hits with Rendon, 27 without 15 runs with Rendon, 14 without, five doubles with Rendon, and five doubles without, no triples. Now, this one's interesting to me. Four home runs with Rendon, but seven without Rendon. Mm. 10 RBIs with, without Rendon, 15 RBIs. Six walks with Rendon, 14 without Rendon in the wow. lineup. Wow. 30, 30 Ks with Rendon, 28 Ks without a 274 batting average with Rendon and a 293 without Rendon. So some interesting numbers there from Trout. I'll talk about what I think that means in just a second. Why don't you share Shohei Otani's stats with and without Rendon? 
Otani has similar numbers when it comes to plate appearances and at bats, uh, but his hits with Rendon in the lineup are 28 hits without Rendon, 21 hits. Uh, with uh, with scoring runs, he scored 14 runs with Rendon in the lineup. He scored 11 without. Uh, here's here's what's interesting, Johnny. Five doubles with him in the lineup, two without. Mm-hmm. He's had one triple with him in and with him out. Three home runs with him in the lineup, eight without. Mm-hmm. 13 RBIs with him, uh, 16 RBIs without. The walks are higher, eight versus 13 without. Uh, the Ks, this is really eye-opening. 18 strikeouts with Rendon in the lineup, 31 strikeouts with mm. him out of the lineup, and then the batting average, 285 when Rendon is in the lineup, 221 when Rendon is out of the lineup. So, Johnny, what do you think these numbers say about Mike Trout first? There's a couple of observations here, Mike. He's got more walks without Anthony Rendon, a slightly better batting average without Rendon. I think feel like at the end of the day, it doesn't affect Trout in any significant way. But because Otani is behind Trout and Rendon is not directly behind Mike Trout, Otani is, I actually think this might put a little more pressure on Shohei Otani. You've got some observations there. Why don't you share those Shohei observations? Yeah, more hits with Rendon in the lineup and more home runs with him not in the lineup. He's striking out more without Rendon and then he's got a really terrible batting average without Rendon Mm -hmm. and so what we're finding is that it actually has impacted Shohei more than Mike Trout and typically it's been what Hunter Renfro batting behind Shohei and and when Rendon is out and Shohei batting third and so that that's a big that's a big difference as well let me tell you what I think this all means. So again, I think the difference between Mike Trout having Rendon and not having Rendon is kind of minimal, but I think what Mike Trout does in front of Shohei actually affects him without Rendon behind him, and here's why. Shohei has less hits without Rendon, but it's interesting to me that he's got more homers. Yeah. So to me, it says, does this mean that Shohei is attacking more without Rendon behind him? He's got more strikeouts but more home runs so maybe there's kind of a greater risk reward there he's attacking pitches more than he would without rendon in the lineup and i think it might have something to do with this with trout drawing more walks without rendon i feel like perhaps otani feels the pressure to drive in trout more than he would with rendon behind him after Mm. all hunter renfro is batting 167 with runners in scoring position. Ouch. Anthony Rendon was batting 357 with runners in scoring position. So here's what I think we can take away from this conversation and these numbers. The what what's happening ahead of and behind Shohei Otani changes. When that changes, we can see how perhaps the pressure, the approach, and the outcome changes for him. I think he's more aggressive and trying to hit things and drive people in because he knows Rendon is not behind him. Maybe Shohei will get back to normal once Rendon is back and he doesn't feel like he has to do everything. And you can actually see him trying to do everything in his swing. He's swinging hard. He's trying to drive the ball. He's trying to drive in runs. He's trying to get home runs. You can see that he's working really hard without Anthony Rendon behind him. I think that because he doesn't have that reliable bat that's going to drive in runs, maybe Otani feels a bit more pressure Whether he realizes it or not, I'm not sure. But I'm just looking at these stats, and if I'm going to draw any kind of conclusion, 
It's that without Rendon behind Shohei, Shohei feels a little more pressure to do more damage. And it's showing up in his strikeouts versus home runs. He's swinging more, trying to hit the ball harder. And yes, he does have more home runs, but those Ks indicate to me that he's trying really hard to get those home runs at the end of the day. John, you mentioned uh, Taylor Ward at the start of this show, Mm -hmm. and Taylor Ward has been somebody who has not been who he was at the start of last season. I saw a meme uh, tweet that, uh, not mean, but meme tweet that had Taylor Ward crashing into the wall, and it said, he hasn't been the same since, right? And, and (laughs) And the truth is, he hasn't been. And there's been this debate about Moniac over Ward in left field, and last night, Ward started because Giolito had reverse splits. Right-handers yeah. actually hit him better than left-handers. And Ward and has great numbers against Giolito. He, he does, and so he leads off the game with a home run. And so <laughs> the the question really has been, like, who should get more playing time? So let me mm-hmm. run through some numbers with you, Johnny. Uh, Ward has been really struggling. These are numbers before last night. So he has a 62 OPS plus, so mm-hmm. 100 is average. So he is well below average. A negative... 0.2 war mm-hmm. and a 69 weighted runs created plus. And again, 100 is average. Uh, and Moniac's numbers in, in a short sample size have actually been really good. A mm-hmm. 176 OPS plus, a 0.9 war, and a 179 WRC plus. Here's where I think it's really interesting. Uh, the, the total ultimate zone rating mm-hmm. for Moniac, which kind of measures all of his defense, he's got a 0.1. Ward has a point nine, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting. Now, you shared a stat on this show just a few weeks ago about how ultimate zone rating doesn't show all of the depth. It doesn't show all of the details. It's, it rewards safe outfield yes. play, I yes. think. And the reason why Ward has a point nine, while Moniac might have a point one, is because Ward hasn't made any quote-unquote errors in the same way that you might see from Moniac. Yeah or he's not taking the risky diving plays like we saw last night. Certainly didn't last night. (laughs) Yeah, that broken bat bloop. I mean, sure, maybe he wouldn't have gotten to it, but like I just saw zero hustle going out there. And and if if he were to try and get that ball and dive and maybe he missed it, that would actually impact his UZR. And so you have to take that into consideration that Ward plays a safe outfield, right? Right. And – when it comes to the stats, Ward has been better in the field, but here's the numbers that really show the difference between the two. Ward has played as of before last night, 404 innings in left field, Moniac just 59 innings. So Moniac's mm-hmm. numbers defensively are pretty equal to Ward, and he's played only 59 innings and Ward's yeah. played 404. So the, the question that you and I are wrestling with is like, what should the Halos do in left field? Should it mm-hmm. be Moniac over Ward? Should it be a straight platoon or do they bring up like a Joe Adele and maybe see what they can do with Joe in the outfield? What are your initial thoughts on this Moniac Ward Adele left field fiasco? I would be really excited to see what Joe Adele could do, but I don't think that you hit the eject button on Taylor Ward after 
I don't know, what's it been, 50 at-bats, 60 at-bats, or something like that. Like, it's just not enough of a sample. So everybody's saying, oh, this is who Taylor Ward really is. Last year was a fluke. and da, yeah. da, 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 da. This is just the same amount of time as his hot streak last mm. year. In fact, I think it was a year ago this week that he ran into the wall. And so I just don't think that there's enough evidence there to conclude that you need to pull the plug on Taylor Ward. One, because after he ran into the wall – he was hurt and terrible. And then by the end of the season, he picked it back up again. That's why yeah. he, he has some great 2022 numbers is because he picked it up at the end of the season. So you were hopeful coming in to this season that Ward could replicate that. And it seemed like he was doing that in spring training. I, I just don't think I'm ready to pull the plug on him. So I, as far as Joe Adele goes, I think if there's an injury, he's certainly the next one up. However, with Ward and Moniac splitting time, I'm more than okay with that. I like that Phil Nevin played that matchup. I know a lot of people were like, what the heck? Why are you putting Ward there? The one thing I do have an issue with, and I know that it, it came back to bite people last night because it was a leadoff home run, but Taylor Ward can't lead off, Mike. He can't yeah. be the yeah. number one guy. I think you put Neto up there. Heck, even put Urshela or somebody up right. there. Somebody's right. making contact and hitting the ball. I mean, Urshela's actually driving in people, so he probably shouldn't be the first one up. But, like, Zach Neto's a great leadoff guy. He works counts and and uh, apparently is a magnet for getting hit by pitch. But <laughs> Get somebody, <on> base. <laughs> somebody else needs to be leading off other than Ward. Now, yeah. I will say, with Moniak in there, I do like him leading off. I Agreed. think it makes sense. He's a, yep. he's a fast guy on the bases, and I think that it makes sense for him. So, if Ward is going to be in this lineup, I think you need to move him down as they've done before. And like those stats we shared last week, it's, it goes to show that he does hit better when he's in the middle of the lineup. He's not struggling as much. And I think it's because of who's around him and what kind of pitches he's seeing. As far as Moniac goes, I they haven't tried him out against left-handed pitchers yet. And so I, I know that there was a lot of, I think it was our buddy James Russell Barton who writes in with questions said, they took Moniac out of the lineup, and now that hot bat cooled off. And yeah. just because it was a lefty, and you can kind of see the argument there, but the stats don't work in Moniac's favor in terms of left-handed pitching. But they got to give it a shot at some point. You can't hide him from lefties forever, right? And I think it's important to to give him that chance. So I'm in favor of a of a platoon. I just don't think Ward should be leading off. How about you? How do you feel about all this? Can I go a little bit higher? I'm going to go up to like 20,000, 30,000 feet for a moment. Okay. Because, Bring me uh, a higher I, love, Steve Winwood. I, I said this to, to to a friend yesterday. When it comes to guys like Ward or Ranjifo or some of these guys that have kind of been around for a while and have been mediocre, have filled a role, had moments where they were really good, but really over the span of their career, they've been, again, mediocre. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't I don't think that the Angels need to like pull the ripcord or hit the panic button, but I do like the fact that Perry Manassian has made some pretty bold and courageous oh, yeah. moves. Yeah. And, and they've come out of necessity. Matt Moore goes down, Rendon goes down. I get that. Yeah. However, I think this team just needs to be infused with some life. You got to have somebody and, breathing down your neck so, to keep yes, your spot. Yes. Yes. And and I that's agree. why, that's why I I I say this, and I don't know if I fully believe it. So so take it about eighty percent. But that's why I think Joe Adele should be on this roster. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. and I don't know if Ward has options. I don't think he has options. He's, He's got, got one. Some, okay. And maybe maybe there's something to that, right? Mm -hmm. I loved I, I love David Fletcher. But I also love the fact that they sent him down 
and and made room for Aneto and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Because this team needs a shot of adrenaline. This team needs some excitement. Mm-hmm. And I think moves like that really put the pressure on some of these guys who are right now kind of in their position and not really threatened, right? And I yeah. get that we don't want to mess with our depth. So all of you that are commenting and saying, what about depth? What about depth? I get it. And I don't want to mess with our depth. I don't think we necessarily mess with our depth if we swap Adele and Ward. Yeah. And 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 I, I don't think we mess with our depth if we give Mickey Moniak the, the full starting role and then do yeah. kind of a platoon with Adele. Like I said, I don't know if I fully believe this or not, but what I do like is infusing this team with some life. And you saw it last night. Zach Neto hustling out <laughs> and Taylor Ward jogging in. Neto's defense is as good as Hunter Renfro's big bat, yeah. right? Like he brings to this team something that we haven't had. I can't even remember when we've had like a defensive shortstop Simmons. like Neto. Simmons was great, right? And But even, even Neto feels just two or three levels ahead of him, right? Yeah. And And – I love it. I absolutely love it. And I feel like this team needs that. So I don't know if I fully believe bringing in Joe Adele, but I would certainly heavily consider that if I'm Perry Manassian. Do you give Ward time in AAA to find it again? What do you think? I, you know, I think so. I think that he might need some time. I don't, I don't think I want him sitting, but no. I also uh, wouldn't want Moniac sitting for too long. And so yeah. I think you play the the metrics, the options with both of those guys. And I think you would need to give them at bat so that they can continue to work through the issues that they're facing. I know where all of this went wrong. Do you want to know? Yeah, tell me. Taylor Ward cut his awesome hair but when the season started. He looked like <laughs> yes. a beast and then he cut his hair and lost all of his power. So that's where... That's where it went wrong. Yeah, you know me and hair, man. I'm jealous of everybody's hair. I have more forehead than I have hair. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels are playing the White Sox today at 11-10, so maybe you've already watched it or you're going to watch it. So it's an early game, which is exciting. Hopefully they can get a win and get to 15 wins in May. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with Terry Smith and Mark Langston on Sirius XM. Just uh, search Angels on the SXM app. Here's my partner, Terry Smith. <laughs> that was Why, good. thank you very much, Mark Langston. Yeah, that was I, do, I say good. it with him all the time. Hey, uh, we appreciate you being here with us on Lockdown Angels. If you guys want to hop in to our mentions on Twitter, you can do so at Lockdown Angels and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter, as well as Instagram. Of course, you can always comment below the video on YouTube and share your thoughts there. We love getting back to you guys as best we can. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for Thursday's show? We're going to ask this question. Does booing matter? Tomorrow (laughs) we're going to talk a lot about how there's been this narrative of Angel fans not holding the organization and the team and the players accountable. And there has been a a lot of booing this last weekend against Mm. the Marlins. And so does that actually, does it matter? Do the players Mm. care? Does it hold them accountable? We're going to talk all about that tomorrow on Lockdown Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. We hope that you guys will join us again. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Thanks for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.